Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is traveling with kids, cars or planes. Traveling with children, especially young children, takes a special attitude and maybe a few tips from those who actually enjoy traveling with babies and children. Transitions, moving from one place to another, switching activities, boredom, being interrupted, and not having the flexibility and freedom of being in kid time, all can be challenging to routine-oriented kids. All can be challenging to children who like things the way they want them to be. I look forward to talking to two moms at the square table today who are flexible, optimistic, patient, and resourceful when it comes to traveling with young children. Welcome to Kara Knapp and Anupa Harjani Ballard. I bow to both these moms for being fearless travelers. Let's hear where they've traveled and where they plan to go next, but most importantly, how they keep their sanity. Kara, you've just returned from a trip. You have two little ones. Well, not quite little, little, but go ahead and tell us about welcome. Thank you. Um, yes, I just got back from Puerto Rico, and that was actually my littlest's first trip. So at nine weeks, just like his older sister, nine weeks. He, he hit the plane. Um, we get them vaccinated, and then we get them going, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. it um, I think that you really hit the nail on the head with your introduction. That it's all about temperament. I really think that that's like the the baseline. For well, I want you to know, I wrote that just for you. <laughs> because when I first met you, and we were talking about schedules and routines in the family time class, you said, no, no, no. We have a very flexible life because I need my daughter, who only had uh-huh. one at the time, to be able to adapt to different time zones, to adapt to different routines, to different environments. So tell us how you had the vision, the wherewithal, and the ability to do that. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was actually so much thought about, to be honest. I think it was just kind of product of circumstance in most cases. I, w- I was recalling on the drive over that... You know, when we first had my daughter, we knew we were going to be moving out of our place in Miami. So I I had no nursery. I had a changing table where there was a stack of diapers and myself and a couch. And that was pretty much it because my husband needed a dedicated office. um, And so we were doing that. And, um, you know, from there, it just sort of evolved to not really having... A schedule. I was breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. My kids grow like weeds. 
Um, all kids do for sure, but my doctor has confirmed that mine especially <laughs> do. Um, so, you know, they were feeding a lot, both of them. He's mm-hmm. followed the same pattern. So I think it was sort of just kind of accepting that it wasn't going to be easy to say this is going to be the time where our day is going to take a pause. And from there, of course, traveling as we do so often, we, we really do travel a lot. I mean, I think I was trying to think of how many flights my daughter has maybe taken at this point. And I, I have to say, I think we're like rounding out about 40 flights. Wow. And she's and not she's a year and a half. She's not even two years. Well, she's almost two. You know, she'll be two in July. So in a couple there of months. You go. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot, lot of fun. And it's different time zones and it's different environments. Every time. All right. We're going to come back to it. I mean, there's the sleep. There's the packing. There's the meals. <laughs> there's so much. There's the toys. So we'll come back. But as you, we went through the introduction, Anupa, you were like, yep, it's all about temperament mm-hmm. or adaptability. So go ahead. Tell us. And welcome. Sure. Thank you. Um, I think we took our first flight with um, my daughter when she was six months old. Um, I had never taken her to the beach here. And since I'm from the Caribbean, I really wanted her, her first time at the beach to be in Curacao. So I waited six months Mm -hmm. to take her. I took pictures while she was at the beach there. Um, And to your point, Kara, I think um, flexibility and adapting, you know, adapting to different environments. Um, I was actually just going to say that um, when when she was born, I didn't get into a routine, and I almost felt like a bad mom for not getting into a routine because we were just, I was trying to be flexible, and I really believe that they need to learn how to adapt with um, different environments. So we just got back from Orlando, and we do, we take more road trips and we travel by and flight. And I've seen you in other states, yes. so I know you travel well. That's amazing. Yes. I do love road trips. I love, love, love them. You get to see different places, make different stops, um, although I mentally prepare myself for those. So. Okay, tell us what that means for you. Because, so, I mean, you two are the exceptions in the sense of just easygoing, excited, very, very positive. But I also know you have tricks and tools. So what's your mental preparation? So <laughs> call me crazy, but I do May or June, I start preparing that making, I start making a list of what I have to take. Usually we do our road trips to Tennessee in November and Curacao in December. Curacao, I don't really plan that much. It's three months, it's three hour, it's a three hour flight. Um, but Tennessee, it's such a long trip. Mm-hmm. So I mentally prepare myself by writing on a piece of paper what I need, in terms of food, I start thinking about easy ways to prep food um, and all that good stuff. And um, and so what does that mean? What do you do? I You make individual baggies? You yes. have coolers? Yes. You have so, new foods? I do. I wow. actually do. And I'm so I, sorry. That's like amazing. Yes. I'm flexible. in awe of you. You are planned as well. Oh so my. when Karen posted, had the post on Facebook, I saw great travel. I asked my husband, um, I said, I'm very nervous for this one. I said, I don't know if I'm the best traveler or great travel. He goes, what do you mean? You have like your coolers and your, your snack bags and everything prepared. So Two weeks before leaving, I pack our luggages with everything winter. Um, two weeks before, prior to leaving, I go, go to the grocery store and get every close to peanut-free snack as I can because my daughter has a peanut allergy. We stay at my sister-in-law's so I can cook 
um, that's not really an issue. And I just try to plan the easiest and healthiest meals as possible. Fast, easy, healthy. Um, and let me see what else. Uh, I can't think of... Oh, snack bags, coolers, yes. Tennessee, we leave at 4 or 5 in the morning. I have everything ready the night before. Sliced apples, sliced strawberries, everything's in a cooler. Everyone has a thermos with my, uh, with oatmeal in the morning for breakfast because <laughs> I get very cranky if I don't have breakfast in me and I'm not making 10 stops whilst driving. Um, <laughs> I am like just, my jaw is like on the table. I'm in awe of you right now. I'm not even going to interrupt the question. I can't even like figure out how to feed myself something like today. I don't, this is amazing. So I feel, so my mentality is if mommy's not happy, everyone is not happy, right? I need to nourish myself in order for me to be able to feed my family. This is awesome. But the, But then the question is, is there a wall that you hit when you try to organize it and plan it and children don't cooperate or the world doesn't cooperate? My husband dislikes that. So in the car, I need the snack bag. It's a huge bag that I get at TJ Maxx or Michael's for a dollar and I put all my groceries and everything in there and on-the-go snacks are on top. So, <laughs> which is the secret to car travel, which I know from last year's podcast is you have to you have to pack the car in what you need when you get to your stop last, and then what like you need order. intermittently so that yes. you can pull it out as you need it. And he knows that I don't want to pack. The bottom of the bag. I don't want to pack the car because I'm very nervous of how you might react when you go to the car and it's not the way you want. I'm like, well, everything has to be strategically placed for when we're driving. I'm not going to make 10 stops <laughs> unless it's restroom breaks, you know? Um, so the cooler is in the back. If my daughter is hungry, pop up the cooler. There's sliced blueberry. I mean, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, every berry you can possibly think about. <laughs> um, I have bars. I have everything. I have everything. I have backup of backup. And does it go as planned? <laughs> it does. It, it does. does. And mm-hmm. and how do you explain that for Aria? I mean, is she just your perfect travel companion? Do you think if you had a different child, not that you would know that, um, does well, it just work because you've taught her or that she has a matching temperament? So I think it goes back to flexibility and adapting. Um, when she was younger, I would just take her and go on go on with my schedule because I just felt like I can't stop my life because I have a baby um so I think she's come to get used to that routine if you You will good being yourself and asking her to adapt to you and she I have to say she is pretty amazing with that we wake up at four or five in the morning she's up and she will not go back to bed because we are driving she wants to be up she wants to be part of it um so that's my experience with the, our long road trips. Okay, so let's go to car games, plane games, and then I want to go to um, the worst or the hardest travel um, situation because I think they're going to intersect. So, sure. Um, so, well, well, let's finish with foods, and then we'll go how you keep them happy in the transition moment. Cara, um, <laughs> you, just, you just grab what you find I, along the way. I really do, to be honest. I try to prepare, but it's first of all, with plane travel, there's a lot of limitations, right, mm-hmm. to what you can actually bring on the plane because of all the TSA rules. So, you know, that's definitely it makes you think. You know, you have to work with what's available in the airport, which, as we all know, even for ourselves, can be, Mm -hmm. you know, grand or quite limited. Um, You know, obviously traveling with them very young and and breastfeeding or if you have to, like, 
I mean, I was breastfeeding, so that was like the easiest. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest time to travel. To any moms who are nervous Under about taking months. a new baby, take your baby. That is the money time to be on a flight. <laughs> they sleep. They're like so zen and don't be intimidated at all. Um, one thing I did do, though, always, I was sort of strict about this, was um, changing their clothes the minute they got off the plane. I would change them right away because, I don't know, germs. Yeah, I just always wondered. Okay. And my kids were pretty good about not getting sick after wow. long plane flights, which, okay. um, I mean, even I get sick after plane sure. flights. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, like, one thing that I don't know if it helped, but in my head. And are you crazy about wipes and things all the way? To be honest, I'm really not. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, sanitary, of course, but I, I do feel like a bad mom a lot of times because I'm like, oh, it's okay. We're but it's working gonna... for you, and everybody's coming through. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I think I think if my kid was not reacting well, certainly the first thing you do, right, is you adapt. That's right. where you adapt to them. You see what, what works for them and what doesn't. But um, in my case, I've been pretty fortunate as well that Lennox and, and, and Marston seems to be following suit in being very, very flexible and... Um, you know, kind of just cooperate. Okay, so there's food. Now food. let's go to toys and other sort of engagement, um, either cars or planes. Um, you had said before we started, the worst flight is? Oh, the worst flight is the red eye. Once your kids reach And that's East Coast to West Coast. East Coast or, to West Coast in, West. The, in the evening hours. So that's like when you board around 10 or 11 at night and you're flying through the night. I find that to be... In some ways, the best, in some ways, the worst. The ways that it's the hardest, though, is age-dependent. So in the early stages, it's, like, great because they will literally sleep the whole time because that's sort of the time that they're sleeping anyway. And, you know, if they wake up, they only wake up in the middle of the night to feed, and then they go back to sleep, arguably, at that point anyway. So that's really good. But in, in I would say, around a year, a year... Lennox was was High much mobility. more alert. Yes, on the move. Yes, and Lots of also opinions. just interested in what was going on around her. So she like loves planes and she <gasps> loves seeing the other people. Part of that's the problem is she also just really wants to see the other people like the whole time. <laughs> and so understanding that we can't get up and walk around in that moment, you know, is right. difficult because they're just not old enough to comprehend. Right. It's not like you can just logically explain to them, "Hey, we have to sit here." And um, in those evening hours, why I find it to be difficult at that age is they are accustomed to sleeping, like for the night sleeping, in a bed. I mean, right? We all put our kids to sleep in some sort of bed, crib, whatever. Um, whether, you know, if, they're, if you're the type of parent where they're in with you, in the bed, they are used to like laying flat in a bed. And that's very difficult to achieve on a plane. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I do have a gadget. But to be honest, Lennox hasn't really quite taken to it. I'm, I'm still trying with this gadget. It's worked for a lot of people I know who are very savvy travelers with their kids. But I think that Lennox, um, up until, I think this next trip could be maybe more successful in that I think she has better comprehension of under of being able to understand this is going to function as your bed tonight. Right. But we've definitely hit. Um, and what is the gadget? It's called Jet Kids Jet Pack. It's, I mean, maybe you've seen it. It's like a little suitcase that kind of converts the space where your legs go on a plane into a flatter bed it's not perfectly flat you know it's a little lumpy it's not a perfect solution but it is a solution and I I have been talking with her and introducing it at home with the idea you know that I guess that's my food prep if if you will is discussing how tell us how you do it so I you know I try to introduce her to the items that she's going to see on the plane do you bring it out or do you just tell her I bring it out we touch it we feel it we practice 
laying on it on on the floor. I try to make you know simulated chair scenarios. That's a little harder in a home, but you know, trying to just introduce the concept that this is a place. It's you like can the NASA lie. thing. No surprises to them when you're in that unfamiliar, stressful setting. And if be, they're gonna fall apart, and, and it's true. And to be honest, you know, I she was always such an easier. I, she always has been really a very good traveler. And so the first time we introduced the jet pack, it was like foreign and we didn't we didn't talk about it beforehand I just popped her on it on the plane and she's like no mom I want to sleep on you which let me tell you my my child's the size of a four-year-old I'm not exaggerating and she's in a 4T let's remind everyone who's listening that she's not yet two so she's she's a lot to like have laying on you and then obviously I was pregnant the last times that we've taken these flights very pregnant and um I, I flew into my third trimester and so you know having a four-year-old sized person laying on you and you know not wanting to lay down in her bed it can come with its challenges okay and then how do you engage them books toys conversation um with our first road trip to uh tennessee and we've done numerous like we've gone to north carolina and such um I, but the first one, I stocked up on everything. My goal was no iPads, no phones, and I did accomplish my goal. Um, I stocked up on books, on the LeapFrog laptops for kids. That is amazing. That was my lifesaver. Um, LeapFrog tracing gadget. Uh, I can't think of exactly what it's called right now, but... It turns on and you can trace alphabets. Or, and are these and things you use at home as well, or do you save them just for the trips? I limit them at home, so I try to hide them because I don't want her to get tired of seeing this object. And once she's on the trip, we're in the car for long hours, you know, not wanting to play with it because I, I will need her to play with that. Right. Um, Lots of singing, lots of books. We talk. Okay, no, I I don't want to get like over. I'm always curious about the details. So, singing means do you have a special playlist? Do you listen to special stations? Are you making up songs? I need all the details. Yeah. (laughs) All the above. We listen to Pandora. We listen to um, the Beatles. She loves the Beatles. Um, We listen to the. Transition graduation CD a lot. <laughs> she knows all of the songs, oh, yeah, and awesome. she tells me to replay it. Um, Mickey Mouse, which will make so, you crazy, but it's worth it. I go with it. I go with it because I want her to know that I'm here for you, and I appreciate you being um, flexible and like cooperative. Traveler. Exactly, I, cooperative. And that, that there's a huge that. message in that is I'm here for you. And I know that we can do this together. You're my buddy. This is special for us and right. our family. Yeah. Exactly. On one side, I'm pulling onto my hair, but the other side, I'm like, <laughs> I'm singing. <laughs> um, so, and game. car travel, you have so many more. You can pack. You can pack. I mean, and that's what I love about car travel. I love packing. I find packing very therapeutic. <laughs> And everyone, my husband is like, I will. What I I love is that you're both different personalities (laughs) about this. You share a lot that makes it successful, but you're allowed to be yourselves. I find it amazing to pack. My husband doesn't quite understand that, and I have friends that don't understand that either. They don't know why it's so, but I love it. Um, What else can I do? Now, what about flying, and then we'll go to Kara and, and keeping them engaged? In public settings, where there's other people that are over-listening to your storytelling and your songs and your 
everything. We read a lot of books when we travel, and when we're at the airport, she just runs laps runs. around the airport. Run, we run, run, run. Yes, that's where always been out. my strategy. Is yes. if you're traveling with someone else, send them on with the gear. You let them run till the very last minute. You don't. You don't really want to put them in a seat for an extra half an hour if you can avoid it. Exactly, and run. Yeah. Going back to road trips or even plane trips. Um, I spy game. So we talk about I spy palm trees, I spy And how old leaves. is Aria now? She's three and a half. She's three and a half. So again, the the, 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 the quality of travel games goes yes. through the roof. And the depth of the relationships that will come from that will be magnificent. But yeah, you the I spy games. Yes. So whether it's car or by plane, we do the I spy and I keep her entertained, engaged. And Traditional I spy or any new versions of it? I just... I don't know. I mean, because I've even thought of it like scavenger hunts. Like, can you find somebody with polka dot socks? Can you find somebody with... And I do that. Yes, we've done that. We've done that as well. Um, I spy and scavenger hunts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cara? Games. Well, we don't... um, she does not. We don't even have. You're not backpack. packing stuff. We know you're. You're we a light can't. traveler. We can't. Um, so the reason we can't is because we're not really that light of travelers. We travel a lot of times with my husband's um, computer equipment. He's a uh, radiologist, so oftentimes we're traveling. You know, our extra baggage goes to extra computer screens and all sorts of ridiculous gadgets. But again, oh, wow. the ability <laughs> to realize that you know what, everybody doesn't have the same options, and sure. it's not the end of the world that when says, "Well, I can't bring it." Well, yeah, sometimes you can still be successful and not bring everything that you think you should have. Absolutely, and to be honest, we've really limited television with um, Lennox. She has until I would say. Recently, I mean, she she had very limited exposure to any any TV, um, so so we didn't we don't have an iPad. We don't use anything like that on the flights. I don't know now that she's you know kind of becoming exposed to it where that will land us on these you know forthcoming flights. But um, she definitely hasn't had. We haven't had those kinds of gadgets. So honestly, it's mostly books or. Um, you can you can turn just about anything into a game, you know. People watching the people talking about stuff on the plane, looking out the window. She's very fascinated. Always has been. I don't know why. By the moon and stars and like natural elements, and so we really focus on a lot of stuff like that when we fly. I mean, you know, I think that you just have to kind of like let. I, I don't know. I sort of maybe this is backwards, but I really let Lennox lead me in so many ways. I I, I always let her lead me with. When she's tired, and to be honest, she's always tired around the same times. So I, I never it. had to. I never had to say Lennox. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are certain nights where I'm like Lennox, girl, like you're tired. It's it's time. <laughs> it's let's time let's to go to let's go do that bath thing. You know, <laughs> and most of the time she's like, okay, you know, because she agrees. And I, I mean, I can recall maybe on my hands like one or two times ever where I've kind of had to say. I'm putting you down and you're crying. Like but There's no doubt in my mind that you're both so enormously successful and positive about this because you are letting your children lead, because you are looking at them like... Um, cooperative buddies on a travel adventure. And to be honest, I feel like I don't, I don't know that I even trust myself to really know better anyway, you but know? How did you make the transition from non-parent traveler to this ability because I'm not sure that it comes so naturally to everybody out there in the world that's traveling um, you know to, to really shift your focus to experience this travel adventure through their eyes which is what you're telling me yeah you know I think that you need nothing but your own imagination that's right 
I mean, I that's guess, pretty powerful. I guess, or maybe it means I'm still a child and I have a really active imagination. No, um, <laughs> no. And in all seriousness, I think that I've always been an, an adaptable traveler myself. Right? I have a, a background in travel that has always been unpredictable. Has always been off the cuff. I mean, I, I've for as long as I've been traveling, I've always been the type of person that could get a phone call from my work or my life or my this that says you're getting on a plane. Right now, I mean, when I was in law school, I had a job where I can't even tell you, I would keep a bag packed at all times in my trunk for real. And they would call me and they would say, we need you to get on a flight tonight. And I would go straight from school to an airplane. I I had nothing but what was in that bag, you know, sometimes not even the bag. See, she pre-packs too. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm really in awe of you. I don't even know. Like, I would um, do the same thing. Yeah, you know, where it's just very, I, I, I guess I always kind of feel like wherever I get to the other end I mean every once in a while I've been in very remote situations but for the most part there's something I you know there's people there wherever I'm going that have children so I mean maybe it's not the stuff that I'm used to maybe it's not the items that I'm accustomed to or that Lennox is accustomed to but we're gonna but you you know we're gonna there's something there there's healthy kids everywhere I'm landing and everywhere Mm -hmm. in the world you know so I kind of just go with that let's go to traveling with friends family and or people with or without kids um, hmm. I, I haven't done any of that. I haven't traveled with Only friends, with your own family? Only with my okay. the three of us, yes. Okay. Now, we do stay with my sister-in-law when we go to Tennessee, and everyone gets together there. That's the hub for um, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We celebrate mm-hmm. both at the same time. But as for traveling with other families, friends, I, no, we haven't done so that. We master your own family first, and yes. then you can open it up to... Yes, um, maybe on the horizon, but... No. Okay. No, that. Well, we, we have done all of the above. And um, I think, I mean, friends is really the hardest, right? Because you, so there's something that happens, there's something that happens with family, right? Where there's a certain level of comfort and sort of, that, that works both ways, right? Candidness. It can work both ways because it can make for, you know, it's funny when I, when I went on the amazing race and then we came back, I went with a friend, you know, and, um, uh, I told people all the time, they say, oh, I always want to do that with my husband or my wife or my girlfriend or boyfriend. And I would say, ooh, don't do that. Because it's there's something that happens when you're with friends. There's a certain boundary that just is maintained. Even if you are the closest of friends, even if you're like sisters and brothers, there's still a certain element of of distance and respect and boundary. And then with family, I mean, there are boundaries in the beginning of an interaction, but by the end, it's quite deteriorated, right? Because yeah. because you're bonded, you, yeah, and also you just like you you talk to your f- siblings a certain way, and you'll talk to you know your mother in law will at first, and I have a wonderful mother in law, and I'm sure she'll listen to this. I want to be clear, I love her, and she's wonderful, and thank you. Um, but you know, the, I think that at first they always feel like, oh, I don't want to overstep, and I understand that because you feel that way as the, like a daughter in law, and that's a little bit different than the mother and right. your actual mom and your you know biological situation. And so, but by the end, it all really comes comes full force where it's like, I am, I, I know I have something to contribute that can be powerful or helpful to you, even if you can't see it right now. So I'm going to like mm-hmm. offer it up, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that works both ways to myself and um, with my mom and, and, and with my mother-in-law, you know, it, it kind of like I see that the dynamic right. shift and the more time you spend together, the more, you know, comfortable everyone gets. Right. 
And so, but I think with friends, it's the, always the hardest because, and also when you have friends who don't have don't kids. Don't have kids. They just don't understand. There is like a. Yeah. And so like when your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law doesn't understand or your own brother doesn't understand fully, you're kind of like, whatever. You, you, but you go cry. to that but, friend's wedding and they're saying children or no children and you, it's, it gets very complicated. Or if you're yes. like rooming with them and you're thinking, oh my gosh, in fact, we're going to Italy soon and for a wedding and we'll be taking the kids and where it's it's going to be amazing I'm sure and in Tuscany and all very glamorous but you know they were like well we rented all these big villas and people can have rooms in these villas and I was like ooh well I mean what do you mean rooms in the villas right because mm-hmm. it, you have to think well my kid could be loud and my kids are going to wake right. up maybe when there's people who are you know single and not not you know, having to wake up quite as early who might not so appreciate the little voices and, like, the knocking on the door and the surprise, <laughs> like, hello, you know, like, are you up now? Like, now you are, you know. Are you so You know, it's one thing when they're waking up, your like, grandma and grandpa, like, you know, right. your grandparents, right. they think right. it's adorable right. and the little patter of feet, but right. when it's, you know, your friends who are you know, 30-year-olds and enjoy sleeping in because they had a few extra glasses of wine in Tuscany the night before... <laughs> Maybe they're not as excited about your little children. So, so you're just communicating as best you can. Yeah, I mean, as best yeah. Are we like we're like maybe put us in the smallest villa, and you know, if no one else is with us, that's cool. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I think everyone's usually pretty understanding, and um, and it's anticipating each other's quirks and and knowing this person likes to eat at a certain time. This person is going to be the night person, and this person's going to be the morning person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there is a lot of just respect and sensitivity when and and children, and especially families with different rules and families with different parenting styles. You know, all of that um, can get. Um, highlighted so you just again you just have to know going in you know everybody doesn't feel and act exactly the same way so yeah I think my husband would be really proud of this right now but also like I kind of like the self mantra that you know my husband always says that the stoics had it right right so that there's there's philosophy and philosopher um, his name was Seneca and his his theory was you know always be prepared for just like the worst of the worst to happen just be prepared for that and mentally not not even like with your preparations and your supplies but just be prepared mentally for like the worst of the worst to happen because then you're not going to get frazzled by it and I feel that way every time I get on the plane I'm like you know what and I completely agree my kid's gonna cry Yes. My kid's going to cry, and and the, my neighbors are not going to like me. And I'm not George and Amal Clooney. I can't give them all Bose noise-canceling headphones so that right. they are pleased with the, the travel that they've <laughs> incurred next to me, you know. So, um, I mean, I can only do my best, and my best is going to try to help them all out and make it a pleasant flight for everyone involved. But the reality is it's probably not going to go that way. So when it doesn't go that way, I don't need to, like, break out into a sweat yes. and get upset and f- start apologizing to everyone, and I am that type of person normally. Mm-hmm where I'm like, I'm so sorry I bumped into you, or I'm so sorry, you know, so I think that's the thing, you know, to channel that and just say, it is what it is. It's going to happen. And I think you're, you hit it on the nose completely on point. And that's what I do is just prepare for the wars. Because, but. and that is the mantra of the podcast, which is celebrate the messiness. Because right. if kids can't be perfect, and if life can't be perfect, then preparing for the messiness is a celebration that says, and anything else is, is just fairy dust and golden. Absolutely. But, but now let's talk about, um, you had just said something so simple as bumping into, and then I'll go to wrap up after that but the idea of like 
equipment, like, you know, the extra stuff that you, you know, the strollers and the, like, you know, I mean, you're not just walking on with a backpack. No. How do you manage the stuff? I try to, um, I do have a sort of like a system, a a method, and it sort of depends on what age we're talking about. But like in the newborn age is the hardest, really, in terms of plane travel because they come with the most gear. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like even like these stroller systems, as I'm sitting here with Marston and he's been very cooperative. Thank you. Um, You know, it's the car seat that clicks into the bigger stroller Mm -hmm. with the wheels and this and then you you need a yellow. Do you need a yellow that's going to fit in the overhead? And so that's the hardest debate. Right. Because this is the expensive stroller. And so but if you're getting to the other end and you need the expensive stroller, then you need the travel bag and the cover (laughs) and the carrier. And then how do you get through? And I mean, we're like a total mess when we come through it's like but we can fly through that TSA like I mean people comment on it always they're like wow I even I flew with him alone and they're like wow you didn't need any help and how did you do that so fast but I have like it all a, a method I can write it out for you as I, I don't know if anyone listening would want to hear like we do, we do. oh okay we'll uh, post so, it we'll post it so yeah we'll write it out but I mean the the big thing is with the travel bag and these kind of strollers I do it all before I get to the end of the gangplank mm-hmm. I didn't do that before and that was really hard it is really difficult to do with a baby by yourself to get all the gears because like you have to take off the wheels and put it in the bag and like whatever but um I usually do it all before I get to the end because when I'm doing it there and the people are walking by it's really cramped quarters and that has been probably the only point in the travel process that has gotten me a little bit stressed at Mm -hmm. times is I just feel like there's all these people walking by it's anxious they all like want to talk to you about your baby and what you're doing and I just need to get it done and so for me um, you know obviously gate checking it is the way to go to make sure your stuff is most well protected also like if you can overcome the germ thing um, for a bigger kid the rental like a rent if you're renting a car like rent the seat if, if you can spring for it and it's not like too costly which most of the time they make it pretty affordable it's a game changer really okay. it good, is good. So what we did for us is my husband has a less expensive car seat in his car, and that is the one we travel with. So I got a one of those travel car seat travel bags mm-hmm. on Amazon. I packed that up, and we take that to every um, trip we go on by plane. Um, I think I've gone through. I think I've gone through so many strollers where I've found the perfect stroller for travel. It's the mountain buggy. It collapses. You pack it. it goes. It can go in the overhead bin, but I just check it. I do yeah. a gate check. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, and I've struggled with that too. And I've come to a point where I've mastered it. And even, but what I find that's been my life changer has been baby wearing. I yeah. absolutely miss that. Um, carrying her baby wearing with an ergo baby was the best, the easiest. It was so smooth. And all I had to worry was, um, how long did you carry her? A year and a half, a year and a half. half. I wish I could have done it longer. And your back was okay. (laughs) My back was okay, but then it didn't, it, it got too heavy. Yes. Yeah. Baby wearing is awesome. I'll give you that. 19 months was my cutoff. I remember that I was walking through Target and I said, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. Because you're a tiny little thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it took, it took a toll on my back and I still have a a few issues from that. But, um, if I could do it longer, I probably would. <laughs> I miss baby wearing. But I found that to be so easy. You it may travel. Yeah. You're yeah. hands-free. You can pack up your stroller, everything. 
Awesome. Well, let's do our wrap-up. There's still so much to talk about. We might have to have you back at the end of the summer <laughs> before holiday. Teamwork, too. Go ahead. How do you it's, communicate it's, that? How do you get everybody on the same page? It's just very important that husband and wife are on the same team, that we know kind of what to expect, expect the worst and expect the best, and let's just be there for each other because we know this is going to be a long travel, plane, car, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, yeah. but, but you just yeah. opened a whole... So yes. did you start as a great travel team, um, or how did you? How did that develop for you? Um, it was a little rocky in the beginning. Please we yeah, explain that, we were, explain that been, process because I mean, that it's matters. It's been so long. 15 months we traveled. We did the longest road trip with her. And um, I don't. I, I can't remember. It's just so many stops. And we've just. Did you have a meltdown? Did you have to say, no, this is what I need? No, because prior to that, we had done the road trips to Tennessee. So we kind of knew you what practiced. to expect. We've mm-hmm. been, we did it pre-baby and we've been doing it post-baby. So does he love traveling as much as you do? He just goes with it. <laughs> I'm the mo- I'm the one saying, "Okay, let's go here. Let's go there." All right. Let's let's go. Okay. So Yes. Cara, anything to add about teamwork? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, teamwork is important. I, to be honest, I, I, at the risk of sound of my husband sounding very spoiled, and um, also, no, I, I, he's wonderful. But we've also oftentimes had to fly according to his work schedule, and um, so what that kind of going into it, we know that that puts it on me more than him and I'm accepting of that position you know Mm -hmm. um so I we actually kind of not that he doesn't help he's of course helpful in in those times but especially with like the red-eye flights or those longer flights when we get off the plane he goes straight to work and again I want you to I want I'm glad you said that because everybody needs to know that every partnership isn't going to work exactly the same no and in in an ideal world you know he would be able to be 100% present 100% of the time but that is not our reality and I've always known that and so kind of really when we get on the planes and stuff a lot of the times as soon as he can fall asleep he needs that sleep because that's that's our livelihood you know so that could be heavily in and also people's lives that could actually be affected by him not doing a good job so I think that you know that balance is important too (laughs) and let's get to our wrap-up our wrap-up's always the same and that's how have you got this for right here for right now your closing thoughts on traveling with kids Anupa um, how do, have I got this? Um, I just prepare, just prepare, prepare, prepare. That's the key to preparing and communicating. And, and that's the key to a successful road trip. I personally think what works for me, um, and just a, a little organization, Organization goes a long way. And so. thank you for sharing all of your, <laughs> all your pre- preparations and your organizational tips. Cara? How have you got this? How have I got this? Um, honestly, I think it's maybe just accepting that I probably don't have this. That's really that's really the key to my success is I really don't know what I'm doing like five minutes from now. So I kind of just accept that and realize that whatever comes, I've got this. So I guess that's where I get it is I just I believe I believe that I can work it out with my family and my kids and it's okay to not have the rest figured out all the time. I love it. Thank you so much. Both of you brought similarities and differences, I think, that are just incredible wisdom for everybody out there getting ready for their summer travel. Thank you. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. 
You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.